We're watching films on the toilet Cause that's what dads have to do When the movie's unsuitable for your kids Then pretend you need a number two If you need a break from your family or spouse There's a lavatorial picture house Watch Terminator 2 while you're sitting on the loo Enjoy the whole of Rambo 4 with your trousers on the floor We're watching films on the toilet How about you? There's actually loads of famous people from Cornwall. There's Mick Fleetwood, Roger Taylor, um, Tandy Newton, Robert Shaw, Dawn French. Loads of them. Do you remember when he's, you know that that speech Robert Shaw gives in Jaws and he's talking yeah. about like the dead eyes? He was actually talking about his Cornish compatriots. <laughs> he got dead eyes, like a doll's eyes. Do you remember when Cornwall came onto Robert Shaw's boat and bit him in half? Oh god, it's horrible. It's the worst oh. bit. And he yeah. goes, does that thing when he goes Aah! and Cornish yeah. pasty comes out of his mouth. It does. It's all like mints and... Oh, little bits of spud. <laughs> yeah, onion and mints or, and potatoes just pouring out of his mouth. <laughs> Disgusting. Yeah. Hi, I'm Jack Palance, and I got a couple of no-good cops who are driving me crazy. They're called Tango and Cash. People say to me, why don't you just kill them? Well, no, that would be far too quick and easy. No, I have something far more complicated in mind. You see, everybody knows Tango and Cash have iron guts. They eat anything, but me, even a plate of french fries, go through me like a dose of salts. So all I have to do is get Tango and Cash in the same bathroom together, then blast out a recording of my violent toilet sounds, destroying their reputation as men with cast iron stomachs. Then, when their fellow officers have turned their backs on them, like the weak-bellied good-for-nothings they are. Only then will I kill them both with a bomb. Beautiful. I say watching films on there, and you say... Toilet. Watching films on there. Toilet. Watching films on there. Toilet. Oh, that worked really well, didn't it? Do you think it'll catch on? Um, no. Do you think it'll catch on anywhere? Yeah, change my mind. It definitely will. Where will it catch on? Basingstoke. <laughs> Yeah, I reckon it will, They actually. love that kind of bounce in Basingstoke. Yeah. Yo, Basingstoke, city of the call and respond. I say call, you say... <laughs> respond! Yay! I mean, you can't beat the original. Yeah, welcome to Basingstoke. It says it on the sign, doesn't it? On the sign it says, I say call, you say dot, dot, dot. Respond's about 20 metres down the road, isn't it, on a different sign? Yeah, it's a separate sign. Yeah, separate yeah. sign, yeah. Uh, shout out to Basingstoke. It's a great town. Oh, so... One of my, my all-time favourite towns. Yeah? Give me your top three towns. It'd be much easier for me to list places I don't like. <laughs> okay. Cornwall? Yeah, not a town, but I on. mean, all of Cornwall. Every town in Cornwall. Do you want me to name every town in Cornwall that I don't like? Yeah. Redruth, Truro, Lou, Saltash, St Ives, Penzance, Newquay, Falmouth, Port Isaac, Foy, Polpero, Mevergissey, Bodmin, St Austell, Padstow, Boscastle, <laughs> Tintagel, Charleston, St Moors, Butte. Camborne, <laughs> Helston, Wadebridge, Launston, Liscard, Perrinporth, Camelford, Callington, 
Senno, Mullion, Palseth, Penryn, Torpoint, Porth Kerno, Catchwith, Delabol, Porth Tawan. Did you say every one? That's all of them, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a favourite town? Plymouth. Plymouth Devon, of course. It's the f- finest modern giant sundial you'll ever see. Oh, mate, uh, meet down sundial, like, one o'clock. And that always used to be uh, a problem, because people didn't know whether you meant one o'clock the time, or one o'clock the bearing on the sundial. Exactly. Well, you once said, let's meet at 11, and you were talking about on the sundial. Yeah. But, of course, I thought you meant 11 at night. So, as a 13-year-old boy, I went into Plymouth Town Centre at 11 o'clock. Got myself an education. That's the night I became a man. (laughs) It wasn't my fault. So this is ostensibly a film review podcast. Sort of. As Ben keeps on having to remind me, he has categorised it as a comedy show. Yeah. uh, Not as an actual legit film critique. Immediately regretted it. Yeah. After each record, he balls me out for half an hour saying, where the f*** are the funnies? (laughs) So middle-aged dads, kids, wives, don't have time, watch films on toilet, the end. Yeah, that's long and short of it. It was long and it was short. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So this week we're going to be talking about... 1989 film Tango and Cash, starring Sylvester Stallone's and the Kurt Russells. Sounds good. Sounds good, yeah. Uh, but first, last week, Eamon, there was a bit of toilet news where you mentioned poems on the back of toilet doors. Bards on the bog or something like that in the Shetland Isles. Mm. Yeah. So I went on a little uh, hunt to see if I could find any poems on the back of the public toilets in my area. Yeah. I couldn't find any, but I did find... A notebook that had been left behind on top of a toilet. Hmm. And I think the notebook belongs to some kind of wannabe rapper. Okay. On the front was written Big Turkey Neck. (laughs) So I think that might... (laughs) That's his rapper name, I'm guessing. Big Turkey Neck. That's his rapper name. And there's quite a few poems inside. I'm going to read one of them that I thought would be appropriate for now. Okay. I think he's actually very talented. If you're listening big turkey neck and you'd like your notebook back then just get in touch and you can have it um i hope you don't mind us sharing one of your poems or your songs sounds good obviously i can't deliver it in the same way he might the flow i don't have the flow Mm -hmm. but i'll do my best so it goes like this drinking in the club with my mandem drinking in the club with my mandem smelling good paco rabandem music so loud that i can't hear nothing so many mans yeah the club be bussing See a penting with her penting friends. Recognise her face. She's from round my ends. Do you know what a penting is, Eamon? Uh, I, I don't. I think it's an attractive young woman. That's what I would guess. So, yes, yeah, see a penting with her penting friends. Recognise her face from round my ends. Said Wagwan a couple times at the station. Right now, beats too heavy for a conversation. I've got questions, though, if I'm a be her boyfriend... Like, is she a homeowner Mm. or does she pay rent? Does she like to watch documentaries about true crime? Is she punctual? Will she arrive on time? Back to finances. Does she have a pension? Any investments? ISAs? I forgot to mention. I'm currently unemployed, but I'm looking for work. Used to work at Curry's PC World as a sale clerk. My boy Keith Davis hustles me onto the dance floor. Dat gal's fine, fam. What are you waiting for? I'm like, bruv, I can't hear nothing, it's too loud. He just starts pointing aggressively at the girl in the crowd. Go over there, show her who's the boss, man. That sounds quite threatening, I need a different plan. 
There's bare noise. Let's find somewhere quiet. How about we talk about it in the men's toilet? Keith Davis backs off on his face a look of fear. So I lean in closer and shout into his ear. How about we talk about it in the men's loo? You know, like the Galdem do. Keith Davis is looking vexed, takes a sip from his drink. Next thing I know, we're standing by a row of white sinks, chatting to each other while we stay out of the way of the mandem side by side, urinating in a tray. Mans are looking at us like, why are you hanging about? Because it's quiet in the bathroom, you don't even have to shout. Keith Davis asks me why man didn't go in for the kill. I'm like, once I know her better, trust me fam, I will. So we leave the men's completely packed out in the end, and Keith Davis says he'll get that girl's number from her friend. But he moves right past her friend, doesn't even take out his phone. Instead, he buys my girl a drink, and then he takes her home. But then I got a text, turned my frown right upside down. Next week, I've got an interview for a job at Richer Sounds. And then, in big three words at the end, shut your mouth. <laughs> Right at the end. Wow, that was a that was a roller coaster ride. He's really good, and uh, I can't say I, I feel so warm about his friend Keith Davis. Keith Davis, unbelievable! Something tells me that's not the last we've heard of Keith Davis. <laughs> well, uh, I sincerely hope not. <laughs> what tells you that, Ben? Well, it was um, it was an A4 booklet that I found, and it, it's to the brim with rap songs well maybe we'll um yeah. dip into that and turkey neck if you're out there then hit us up yeah so time for toilet news hey, hey. it's time for the toilet news toilets okay okay bog standard i started making my own loo roll three years ago and only wash it once a week some people think it's gross. I don't care. <laughs> Mum of two, Kelsey Liverton, has told how her family has been using homemade reusable toilet wipes for years. Ooh. Three years ago, the savvy 42-year-old decided it was time to reduce the family's excessive use of 288 loo rolls a year and make her own. Wow. She bought a square metre of terry toweling from Leicester Market and cut it into 50 strips. The... <laughs> The grey wipes are still going strong t- today, despite being through 150 washes each. Ugh. I mean... <sighs> wow. Wow. Okay, so, number one. 288 toilet rolls a year. How big's her family? Well, there's a photo of her with two girls, and it says she does have a husband. Family of four are basically using a toilet roll a day? That's incredible. Yeah. I think maybe they need to change their diet rather Is than Is that their... your biggest takeaway from this? <laughs> Yeah. This is what I feel a little bit grossed out about. Well, not a little bit, a lot. They have 50 individual wipes that mm-hmm. they wash once a week. So therefore, yes. in a family of... Four of them. So, so you get 12 each. You have 12 wipes to last you the whole week. Yeah. It's not enough, mate. Not if they're getting through that many toilet rolls. I would think they'd probably get through all 12 in one sitting. Well, yeah, exactly. The, the maths doesn't stack up. No, it doesn't. And they hold them up in the picture, and each of these bits of cloth is about the size of a regular piece of toilet paper, maybe a little bigger, but not much. I'm hoping that their toilet is next to their washing machine, so there's no kind of transportation. Well, this is the other thing. So it says that they there's a little bin next to the toilet that uh, they put them in, and she says, well, I put uh, essential oils in there, and it's like lemon and orange or something, and that takes care of the smell. But it doesn't. As we all know, you can't mask a bad smell with a good smell 
like a dead bird in there would probably be more helpful to get rid of the. The only way you smell. can ma- mask a bad smell, as you say, is yeah. with an even worse smell. So, are you saying they should they should be using dead birds mm. t- to wipe? Yeah, put. <laughs> they go. <laughs> they go out and collect up some dead birds. They can use like the wings and, and back for the main bits. And then, uh, if there's a little bit needs a bit of attention, they can always use the beak. <laughs> You know what? You might be onto something there. I mean, you've mentioned corn husks and frayed rope before. So mm-hmm. to be honest, a dead bird isn't that much of a jump. Things like this, it just makes me despair a little bit because I know it's people trying to do the right thing. But yeah. I feel like there's a line you have to draw. Mm. When those girls go to like uni or live by themselves for the first time and they take out their bag of stinking rags <laughs> and leave it in their toilet, their housemates are going to be like, what the hell do you think you're doing? You never know. I mean, they're going to be students. They're not going to have a lot of money. They might be like, this is a money saver. We can buy four more bottles of Reef with the money we're saving on all that bog roll. Hey, hey guys, look, you've got four sheets each for the whole week. Don't use them all at once. Do you think the daughters or maybe the husband have been secretly stealing toilet paper from public toilets? Mm. And if the mum found out, she'd go ballistic i hope for their sake they have what are you doing using that real toilet paper i've got these cloths it'd be like people who are vegan yeah sneaking like a, a snake on the dl what? a um, snake well i mean that huh you said people who are vegan sneaking a snake a, did i say snake yeah you said a snake well i'm not going to correct myself <laughs> yeah okay vegans what, so... often find themselves craving the sweet taste of snake flesh well, you were vegetarian for a while, weren't you? You always used to go on about how you fancied the snake. <laughs> well, I didn't eat snakes while I was a vegetarian, but then I don't eat snakes now. But you often used to talk about it, about how much you'd fancy one. <laughs> oh, God, I'm just really craving a snake right now. <laughs> <laughs> what did you mean? Steak. Oh, a steak. It's like a vegan person oh, right. sneaking a steak. A snake steak? Be a little medallion of snake meat. Yeah. Oh, oh. God. I know, that's the, that's the one thing vegans can't shift. Can't resist. There's two things. They always talk about bacon, and the other one is snake meat medallions. Yeah, that's oh, right. They never shut up about it. You can get those fake snake meat medallions, can't you? In, <laughs> in, yeah, uh, but they're, never, they're not the same, are they? <laughs> they're just not the same. And just in the interest of full disclosure, this podcast is sponsored by snake meat. <laughs> How does the jingle go, Ben? How do you like your meat? Is it from a snake? (laughs) Snake meat! (laughs) That's it. Yeah. Yeah, Snake meat. In fact, I'm just tucking in to a delicious plateful of snake meat right now. And I can tell you, it is absolutely delicious. Go to snakemeat.vegas to buy your snake meat today. Tell you what, Ben, me and you are like the hairy bikers, except we only eat uh, snake meat. That's it. And no bikes. No beards. And we're not complete (laughs) (laughs) So, Ben, how many sittings did it take you to watch Tango and Cash? Well, as you know, Eamon, I had to spend another night on the toilet. (laughs) And having done it once, I knew that there was no way that I would be getting any sleep. So I watched Tango and Cash. One go. What about yourself? Yet again. Uh, I was sleeping in the comfort of my own bed this week. I've got a bed. uh, I watched this in four chunks. Okay, okay. Yeah, Yeah. not too bad. So, time for the big wee summary right now. 
Oh, terrific. Yeah, maybe you could time it this week. Well, I remember saying last week, Ben was absolutely furious because I forgot to time. Livid. Don't want to make that mistake again. So this week, I drank a pitcher of Archers and Lemonade. So if you don't know, Archers is a popular mid-90s drink. It's a peach liqueur. Yeah. If you're looking for a gateway drink for your children, this is perfect because (laughs) it tastes like sweets. It's unbelievably sweet. It's insane. Excellent. Yes, that's definitely the next step, isn't it? For your for your New Year's Eve celebrations. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. in fact that that was the reason why my daughter was sick. It wasn't that she had those sweets. She shared the picture of Archers <laughs> and Lemonade with me. I knew it. So as a result, I did a wee of one minute fifteen seconds. Okay. All right, you ready? Yes, I'm always ready. Three, two, one, go. So, Stallone is Tango and Kurt Russell is Cash. They're two LA cops who are so good at getting bad drugs off the streets that their names are on the front pages of the newspapers. Russell is the scruffy, downtown, loose cannon cop and Stallone is the well-groomed, Beverly Hills, loose cannon cop. And crime lord Jack Palance is fed up with these guys ruining his business, so he decides to get rid of them in the most complex, drawn-out way he can think of, by framing them for the murder of an FBI agent. In a trial, they take a very generous deal and are told that they'll be sent to a minimum security prison, but Jack Palance manages to get them dumped in a maximum security prison with loads of criminals that they've helped to put in there. Oh no! Jack Palance has our heroes tortured and duffed up and they figure out the only way to survive is to escape from the prison. So they do, quite easily. Back in LA they start looking for the people who framed them and eventually they head to Jack Palance's hideout in a futuristic armoured SUV with a massive gun on the side. Classic police work, where they take out the bad guys and save Stallone's sister, played by Terry Hatcher, who Kurt Russell wants to go on a date with. And in the end they're heroes because if you're an LA cop who's been framed... Murder is fine. So that was a minute 18. So just three sex over. <gasps> oh, wow. That was real good. That was close, wasn't real I? Real good. Oh. oh, yay. Well, maybe next week you can drink, I don't know, two pitchers of Archers and Lemonade? Well, next week I'll just not allow my daughter to, to have half of it. Don't yeah. share it next week. You could drink a gallon of petrol. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love the smell of petrol. I'm assuming the taste is good as well. Tastes just like it. It's like bacon. Have you ever seen uh, when they lock down a petrol station, which is really super late, obviously, the attendants, Mm. they'll have a little look around. And if they think no one's looking, they'll put the nozzle in their mouth and go, (laughs) and just have a quick blast on it. Have a little huff. Have a little huff. They yeah. They say it's just one of the perks of the job. And it is. And yeah, and, and the companies turn a blind eye to it. They just say, just the end yeah. of the shift, they don't condone it, but they'll just look the other way. Or they I hate when, you know, when you fill up your car and you pull out the nozzle bit at the end and there's always a little bit that drips out. And I think that's probably worth maybe five pence. Yeah. It, it rattles me. It bothers me. Mm-hmm. What I usually do before I start filling up my car is I just give it a little squirt to make sure that the flow is okay. Oh, right. So I just I usually just do it on the forecourt floor. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's good. In it goes. Yeah, that is good. Just spray it all over the pump. Yeah. You know, I want to make sure I'm getting, getting my money's worth. I want to make sure that there's a good flow. So I'll just be like... Amen. Do you spray it in your mouth? Occasionally... A yeah. little bit'll might end up in my mouth. A little huff, just a little taste. I'm just gonna get a little taste of the gas. I mean, who doesn't? Who doesn't drink a little bit of petrol every now and then? A little bit of petrol keeps the doctor away, doesn't it? Yeah. The last time I went to the doctor with uh, an infection, 
she said to me, I could describe your antibiotics. And then she leant over and just whispered, here's an old trick. Just huff down a bunch of petrol. All us doctors do it. They'll keep you right as rain. Are you sure this was a doctor? It was a lady that I met on the garage forecourt. She was wearing a white lab coat, so I had no reason to not believe she was she was yeah, a doctor. White lab coat, wig, and she had no teeth. Yeah, but I assume she was a doctor. Mm, good. Well, if you decide to huff any petrol, uh, let us know if how that goes. If you survive long enough, please let us know. Okay, good. Seriously, don't do it, and then try and sue us because that was clearly, clearly a joke, wasn't it? It was clearly a joke. Idiots. People do put bleach in themselves when they're told. Well, to that kills them. COVID, yeah. though, doesn't it? <laughs> It, that's true. Well, petrol does too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it cures all known ailments. By death. In fact, yeah, it kills mm. you outright. Yeah, best way to get rid of any so, illness. So the COVID can't get you if you're already dead. Good, perfect. So, Eamon, mm-hmm. how did you feel about Tango and Cash? Raymond Tango, played by Sylvester Stallone. Very strange in a way. He was totally playing against type mm. because he's quite preppy and upbeat and proper like the way that he speaks it's quite it reminded me of like uh how they used to talk in like those screwball 1940s comedies it was kind of very sort of sharp like this very sort of rhythmic yeah i would say he just about gets away with it and the reason he does that is because kurt russell is so charismatic kurt russell is a far far better actor and i really liked i mean i think it's obviously it's a cheesy 1980s action film but actually after watching alien 3 which we did last week this felt like a palate cleanser it is with alien 3 it felt like there was so many depths to explore whereas this only <laughs> had it was all surface level which actually is it was quite pleasant after all that turmoil yeah. so i have to say i quite enjoyed the performances and well Eamon, i think i feel quite differently to you about okay this. i feel like it was a complete mess i believe that there were essentially four directors of this film. Initially, we had Andrei Konchalovsky, who was trying to make a more serious version of the film. But John Peters, the producer, got rid of him because mm-hmm. he wanted it to be a spoof. Stallone took over for a little while. Then they got Albert Magnoli in to finish it off. And it was then handed over to Stuart Baird, mm. who's this editing wizard. And he put it all together at the end. And I think it shows because it's all over the place. I thought that what they were trying to do with Tango and Cash is make them seem like two completely opposite characters. You've got Happy Stallone, who starts by firing a gun at a truck to get it to stop, which is ripped off from Police Story, uh, the Jackie Chan film. And then you cut to Kurt Russell, who is scruffy and racist, but Mm. also a complete loose cannon cop. So they've kind of got exactly the same mm-hmm. outlook on the world. One of them's just a bit smarter than the other oh, one. Oh, it's interesting. I think because I've recently seen things like Cobra and Red Heat, they actually felt far worse than this. The reason I like this is it's an incredibly convoluted way that Jack Palance decides to take care of uh, Tango and Cash. But at least it's different. It's not just police procedural with them following trail breadcrumbs to get to the to the baddie. Yes, this is true. I would have liked it more, I think, if they'd been different mm. characters. If it had followed, I suppose, the typical buddy cop structure. I feel like Stallone has the look of a by-the-book cop, but because, I imagine, his ego got in the way and he wanted to drop in that line about Rambo being a, a big wuss. Yeah. 
He wasn't going to go with that kind of character. He wanted to be a badass. And then you've got Kurt Russell. I didn't like Kurt Russell's character at all. Is it the racism? Yeah, he's a horrible man. I don't know. I just really like Kurt Russell. I do. I mean, he just has that cliche when people talk about the X Factor. He, he has it. There's something about his face. He's just very, you know, you want to hear what he has to say. Yeah. You know, he's just got something about him. He is very charismatic. He's much more charismatic than Stallone. Yes. Ben, have you ever been outshone by a more charismatic friend? Mm, not recently. Sure. Well, I was thinking that our relationship was a lot like Tango and Cash's, actually. Oh, yeah. I'm the sort of smart brains behind the operation. I live in essentially the, the Beverly Hills mansion, whereas you are this scruffy, yeah. outspoken dropout <laughs> who lives in some kind of hovel. <laughs> and you've got a gun with a massive laser sight on it that's bigger than the gun, haven't you? That's right, yeah. That's what I spent all my money on. I think Jack Palance was definitely underused and not intimidating as a boss. Like, he can be in Shane and things like that. He's such He a... has mice in a box? Yeah. Discuss? As soon as I saw that, I made a little note. Because it was just... <laughs> I thought, like, it looks like a cigar box. It's like a little wooden box. So I thought, oh, he's going to pull out a gun and kill one of these guys who's kind of challenging him. That makes sense. So he takes out a mouse. Two mice. Then he takes out another mouse. And then I thought he's going to say, I'm going to crush them like I crushed <laughs> this mouse and do something horrible to the mouse. I was worried about the mice. But then he's actually quite affectionate to the mice and he's like kisses yeah. them and nuzzles them. And then he says, oh, no, then I'm going to put them in a trap. Mm. He could have reduced that scene's runtime by about 80%. Yes. <laughs> With, if he just took the mice out of it. Yeah, I think it probably should have ended when they say, well, what are you going to do? Are you going to kill them? He says, no, cut. Then we'll see the plan. Yes. Rather than let's hear the whole plan and then see it play out exactly as you said it would. Do you know what's weird? Is I've become so conditioned now that when you hear someone describing a plan now in a film, I automatically assume that's not going to happen because it's boring to hear the plan and then see it. Yes. You only ever now see a plan unfolding. In that instance, they go, I've got a plan. Yeah. And you can't hear what they just say Swiss over it over and over again for some weird reason. Swiss, 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 Swiss. And then you see the plan. So when you do hear someone saying, This is what we're gonna do next, you know that's not gonna happen because it'd be boring. But I think that's in in reaction to films like this where they go, Yeah, here's what I'm gonna do, and then sure enough, the next scene you see them do it. So Breon James, mm. who was in Blade Runner and Red Heat, he wasn't yeah. gonna be in the film much at all. But then he decided to put on this ridiculous Cockney accent. That's right, yeah. Which Stallone really liked, and it ended up giving him a much bigger part. I tell you what, talking about that guy, Brian James, you know me, Ben. I love a good goon. I love goons. Oh, you do love a goon. <sighs> There's something so satisfying about a really good goon. Brian James, great goon. Great goon death. Yeah, brilliant goon death. This also has Robert Zadar. Necessarily know the name, but you know the face, which is mm. the guy with the huge round jaw. Yes. And kind of like receding hair, which is always kind of tied back tight. The really distinctive looking bloke. Yeah. Both of them have great deaths. Brian James gets kicked down some stairs holding a grenade and he goes... Yeah. And Robert also gets kicked into some wet electricity pylons and he, he gets electrocuted. He does, but you don't really see his death much. I think they cut it because they were afraid that the film would get a NC-17 rating like Cobra did. Yeah, I read that they cut out a load of grizzly mm. bits which is why there's a quick cut after most people uh, get shot and Didn't stuff. cut out Kurt Russell and Stallone's butts, did they? Wow, they're only human, Ben. Kept them in there. Which one was your favourite? <sighs> if I had to rate them, 
rate. Yeah, with a T. I think Stallone. I mean, I think um, Kairos has got a more charismatic ass. <laughs> uh, just going back to Robert Zadar. He was in Maniac Cop. And again, like Brian James, he wasn't meant to be in the film much at all. But Stallone really liked his face, so kept him in there. I felt that he was actually used for a long-running troll joke by Stallone Hmm. against Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, yeah? Because he calls him Conan, doesn't he? Ah. He refers to him as Conan. He looks nothing like Arnie. But I think that was probably a slight during this period... Stallone was definitely not as successful as Schwarzenegger. No. So I feel like his trolling was probably misjudged. Yeah. Another subtle joke that I missed and subsequently read about is they're like doing something that's that's quite time critical. And Kurt Russell says, oh, do you want to go and get coffee in a Danish? And Stallone says, no, I hate Danish. Which I thought was a weird thing to put in there at that critical time. But then I read that it's because uh, Stallone had just been divorced from Bridget Nielsen, who was Danish. That's right. That's why he put that in there. Again, quite a spiteful joke. Mm. I was thinking of how we're obviously a very successful podcast. But I thought maybe I could try trolling a much more successful podcast. Okay. Much like Stallone did. So what I did is I wrote some tweets to mm-hmm. the Joe Rogan podcast. I haven't had any response from any of them. So I started off by saying, uh, your podcast stinks. Then I said, how's all that Spotify money working out for you, Joe Rogan? (laughs) Good one. Yeah, good one, right? I said, your podcasts are really long. Ours is only about 40 minutes, so (laughs) dot, dot, dot. Yeah, that's brilliant. You're always banging on about health supplements. We don't need them. And did did he get back to any on any of them? No. He's thinking about it every night, that's for sure, whilst he's going to bed. It's like, maybe it is too long. Before he does his press-ups and has his, like, mushroom coffee. Yeah. Yeah, three hours, Joe. I think it is a little long. Yeah. Hmm. A little self-indulgent, don't you think? But he doesn't have really long poems in his podcast. Well, yeah. But then that is the only thing we have got. I mean, we're literally desperately trying to pad out 40 minutes, aren't we? So when you were reciting that poem, I was just punching the air. I was just like, thank God, finally some decent content. I mean, it wasn't my poem. It was Big Turkey Neck, so I'm not going to take credit for it. Well, I know. You and I are incapable of writing anything halfway entertaining. No, exactly. We just have to steal it, find it in public toilets. Yeah, this entire podcast is actually a word-for-word verbatim rip-off of a Polish podcast, <laughs> which is called Ogledani Film Auchwetoilwesh which is just the Polish for watching films in the toilet. Oh, okay. I haven't heard it. Well, I mean, you, you have heard it, Ben, because we sit on Google Translate transcribing each of their episodes once a week. I mean, even that whole Joe Rogan bit was stolen wholesale from, from a bit that they did last week. Yeah, they did. Although they sent it to a very famous Polish podcaster. Yes, his man, Nowak. He's massive in Poland. Oh, yeah. He's got one of those big, round, red heads that suggests he might be on ton of human growth hormones yeah yeah i just remember we're talking about simone there we're not talking about joe rogan you can't legally you have no grounds to sue us no because we're talking about polish guy and we know you're listening joe yeah so (laughs) it's a nice try oh you're rubbing your hands together with delight your face was getting really red yeah i'm gonna take these guys to the cleaners he says oh no we're talking about the other guy sismon pulled the jujitsu mat out from under your legs didn't we been owned son why don't you go and hunt some more venison and butcher the animal whilst we go to waitrose so seems like we feel quite differently about this film. It's not that I disagree with anything that you've said, because I do think you're right. I think it's because... I think maybe it's that I don't care about this film. (laughs) With Alien 3, 
it's a film that's so close to my heart because mm. I love that franchise. Mm. I had a huge amount to say. Whereas this is a film I've never actually seen before, yeah. which is why I chose it in the first place. And the reason was I just was in the mood for some nonsense 80s action. And, and that's what it delivered. I, I was disappointed with it. It's, yeah, tonally, you, you don't quite know where it is. And I think that's because of the many cooks. I mean, the idea that these cops are on the front pages of the newspapers, that's almost like a kind of naked gun thing. It's so ridiculous. You were in the newspaper recently, weren't you? Well, yeah, I, I solve crimes all the time. I was thinking more about the giant marrow that you grew. <laughs> yeah. There's a picture of you holding this marrow in both arms with your head poking over the top. That's right. And you're kind of pulling a little bit of a sheepish looking face as yeah. if you're saying, oh, look at this. When we moved into our new house, the giant marrow was was growing in the back garden and the people who we bought the house from were like oh can you keep an eye on the marrow let us know if it gets bigger mm-hmm. and then they called back a few weeks later and said oh what happened to the marrow i said oh it, it stopped growing it just rotted mm. actually it grew huge and we were in the paper because of it um and then they tried to call back i'm assuming about the marrow but we blocked their calls good good for you it's a really um confusing headline though there's photos of you holding the, the marrow yeah but the headline accompanying it the photo was snake meat baron captured at last (laughs) yeah i mean a lot of people don't know that i actually do this from prison i mean we don't like to reveal too much about our our private lives on this podcast thus far you know that ben looks exactly like kevin bacon yes and that i am the talking face of a sheep's bottom that's true yeah that has an alien's head yeah but that's all you know about. that's all the people know I feel like you could probably pick me out, out of a lineup. <laughs> yeah. It'd be, be pretty easy to, to spot me. Although, a lineup of people who also have heads on sheep's bottoms? Possibly not. There are a few of us. Your cool brother's got his head on the back of a ram, though, hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And it's not an alien head on the ram, it's a horse's head. Yeah. Which is like the sexiest it's beast. Stally- it's a stallion's Sta- head. Stallion's head, ram's body. My brother's yeah. face on his rear end. Yeah. So cool. So, yeah. you know, much like uh, Tango mm-hmm. and Cash. In fact, no, nothing like Tango and Cash. We've come from different sides of a coin. They are essentially the same side of the coin. Just one of the coins is in Beverly Hills and the other coins in downtown Los Angeles are both heads. Is there a question? Oh, or yeah. Are you just explaining the coin <laughs> Would you flush it or would you fish it out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would fish this out, which I know is in the category of liking it ironically. Just kind of a bit of a throwaway guff, like Kurt Russell. Yeah. And what about you? I'd flush it. I thought the plot was absolutely ridiculous. I didn't enjoy Kurt Russell's character. The action was, was weak, hacked to pieces wasn't really for me. That's fair enough, mate. So, I flush it away. And but it that's, goes. It's all good. We can disagree on these things, but we can still be friends. I'd like to throw this over to the listeners, because one format beat we did discuss is if we can't agree on if the film is flushed or fished out, do mm. you have to have a street fight? Oh, okay. It's funny. You... So, i put that to the listeners if, if you'd like to see that. Then. I don't remember us discussing that. We talked about it at length. Is this the royal we again? Yeah. Okay, good. You get to choose a weapon. Oh, right. So, length of chain, 
or a plank of wood. Could I bring a gun? No, it's street fight weapons only, Ben. Okay. This was actually the bone of contention, wasn't it? This is why we never got past this. Because you insisted mm. on wanting to bring a gun to a street fight. I always do. Uh, maybe you could yeah. list some street fight weapons for me. Sure. Piece of cake, Ben. Go on then. Thinking, now you think you're trying to trip me up with that. No, not at all. I know my way around. <laughs> plank of wood. Good. Length of chain. Oh, right, yeah. Crowbar. Mm. Baseball bat. Okay. Why did you make that face, Ben, when I said crowbar? Mm, yeah, no, I'll accept it. Oh, thank you. If you didn't know, Ben, it's the part of the Advisory Council for Street Fight Weapons. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know all of these. I was just seeing if you knew. Some people are disappointed that I didn't list nunchucks, but they're not street fighting weapons, are they? They're actual weapons. Yeah. So the whole point of a street fighting weapon is it's a normal object you use for the purpose of fighting. Hammer? Hammer is perfect. Giant marrow? <laughs> Possibly. That would explode on someone's face. It'd be quite impressive. Well, what you could do, the best and most effective way of using a big marrow mm. is you squash it, yeah. jam it on top of their head so it stays on their head so they can't see anything. They're just surrounded by marrow. And then blows to the body with a crowbar. Then you, <laughs> you just work their ribs and they're like... <laughs> Humans doing a real good duffing. Yeah, it's a great duffing it's face good. then. It looked exactly like Jake LaMotta where he's punching the uh, prison cell wall. Why? 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 <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant, yeah. Bob. Here's an Oscar. Okay. Well, let's see if, if we have to do a street fight. That's good. So last, but by no means least, it's competition time. Okay. So uh. this week, category is uh, buddy cop movies. So yeah. Ben and I have both chosen five buddy cop movies. We each mm -hmm. have three guesses uh, for what the other one's chosen person with the most correct guesses gets to choose the film next week the other person <laughs> like a big lame-o has to sleep in their bathroom floor yeah it's really nice i was looking back and realized that we're tied for winning streaks of two each so if i oh win my. this then uh I, t I take the lead my friend okay so no pressure <sighs> fine losers go first so off you go all right well, i'm going to start with Popeye Doyle and Cloudy Rousseau from The French Connection. I didn't put that down, actually. Oh, for God's sake. And I do love The French Connection. I know. Had I thought about it, I would have put it down. Soz. This has happened twice. Huh? It happened last week as well. Great. Okay, I'm going to say for you, Training Day. No. I am a big fan of Training Day, Harris and Hoyt, but I did not pick them. Um, <laughs> I don't think they have the best relationship. Not really buddies, are they? Not really buddies. Okay. I'm going to go for Edmund Exley and Wendell White from L.A. Confidential. Correct. Yeah. Yes! Really, really great film. So good. The first time I'd seen old Russell Crowe oh, yeah. in a film, I was super duper impressed. It's a great really, film. Really good. Okay, this is a duplicate. I'm going to say The Other Guys. No. I like that film. It's funny. But I did not pick them. Well, if you get this one, then you're guaranteed a win. Well, this is a duplicate as well. Riggs and Murtau Ooh. from Lethal Weapon? Nah. Oh, man. I think it's good, but it's not. Oh. I kind of feel that when you look back at Lethal Weapon, it's a, a lot of the things that we slagged off about this film, you see. It is quite daft. I like the characters, though. I think it's one of the cases of one of those things now that it was so such a successful f formula, it almost immediately became a cliche. It was almost like too successful for its own good. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to say... If I don't get this, then you've won. Okay, okay. I'm going to say 48 hours. No. Ah! 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 Yes. I could be respectful Damn. and not gloat like you Gloating's did the best last bit. week. 
but you lose, <laughs> sucker. Yeah, okay. You lose. Oh, well, I didn't guess a single one of yours, so tell me what you had. No, you didn't. That was very unsuccessful this week, wasn't it? It was, yeah. I had Riggs and Murtau from Lethal Weapon. I had Schmidt and Janko from 21 mm-hmm. Jump Street. Yeah. Because those movies are great. They're very funny. Oh, okay. I had Marcus and Mike from yeah. Bad Boys. What? The first movie is great. Number two, no thank you. The most recent one is okay. I have uh, Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt in Seven. And I have Johnny Utah and Gary Boosie in Point Break. Ah, yeah, okay. I didn't go highbrow this week. That's what put me off my stride. I think you're gaming the system. Okay. So it's not pretentious enough, is it? No, well, I'll start picking all these random films that no one's ever seen to throw him in off the scent. Then when he finally starts closing in on me, (laughs) change things up. Tend I like films I've always hated. Don't make excuses. I won, move on. What were yours? Okay, so I had seven as well. Yeah, good choice. LA Confidential, Mm -hmm. the other guys, Hot Fuzz. Oh, yeah. And The Guard, which is Brendan Gleeson and Don Cheadle. Mm. It's really, really funny. Yeah, it's a good film. Directed by John McDonough. Yes. He, He did another brilliant film called Calvary which is all about the Catholic priesthood and it's very dark subject matter but really funny as well oh yeah that's a great film <sighs> but me liking great films apparently mm. comes for nothing <laughs> in, this, in this game sorry Eamon's in a grump because he has to spend the night in the toilet well, I'm going to do it <laughs> I'm going to be doing it the dignified way and not watch the whole of the next film whilst I'm on duty okay. because as we've discussed the code of laws recently ratified yeah. by the watching films on the toilet council specifically states you're not allowed to do that stupid that's a stupid thing what if you can't what? sleep which you can't do something else like what? Look in the dark. Just do something else, Ben. It's a punishment. It's not not time for you to get your errands done. Paid all my bills. Well, yeah, I can say when people are sent to prison, it's not a chance to do their taxes. Renewed my National Trust membership. No, you have to sit there and just think about your life. Oh, well, my life is great, so that shouldn't <laughs> be a problem. Okay, cool. Well, um, thanks for listening whoa, again. Whoa, 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 whoa. Ben, you need to tell us what the next film is. You got, you got way ahead of yourself there. Well, next time we will be discussing the 1999 American supernatural action horror film, End of Days, Ooh. starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, directed by Peter Hyams. Peter Hyams. So, Ben, well, we'll get into this next week, but you are a huge Arnold Schwarzenegger fan, aren't you? Yeah, I'm a big Arnie fan. Used to be a much bigger Arnie fan. It's actually that you've just shrunk. Now I'm tiny. You still like him, but you yourself have shrunk. I'm just much smaller. Much like my head uh, when I went on that diet. Paddy McGuinness diet. A tiny little head. Yeah, a little small. Uh, but there's a yeah. special place in my heart for Arnold Schwarzenegger. Kiss stuff. Okay, yeah. well, um, you can catch us on social medias. That's right. Our handle um, is at Films on Toilet. And the good way, Ben has a good way of remembering that, which is uh, just thinking about anyone saying <laughs> at films on toilet. Yes, that's how we remember it. <laughs> that's right. Nothing to do with Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. saying it. And what our Facebook is... Watching films on the... Watching, you can't yeah. say toilet. You can watch this on YouTube if you want. And maybe like it or subscribe to it or something. Yeah. We also have uh, an OnlyFans account. <laughs> So if you, uh, I won't go into the details, but uh, look us up on that. I mean, just oh. pay us enough money, we'll do anything. Oh, wow, good. Eamon, very quickly end this podcast, please. Keep flushing. Bye.